therootwave.com. Thank you for returning back to the Perspective Series on therootwave.com. Today I have Michelle Antoine. Please say hello to the audience. Let us know where we can find you, please. <laughs> Hi everyone. Thank you Esteban for having me. Um, you can find me on IG at ShellyJelly89. That's C-H-E-L-I-J-E-L-L-Y-89. I also have a professional page, Michelle Therapy, M-I-C-H-E-L Therapy. Thank, thank you so much for being on the channel. Um, I really appreciate it. I have you on the channel for a couple of reasons. Um, one, I would love to discuss your, your art, your passion, your books, um, how you, your dancing, your Zumba. Like, um, I have you on the show because I love how you are comfortable expressing yourself. Um, I think it's a lot of what we need now. Um, and I think it's, it's happening, right? Based on like social media and all this other stuff. Like we're learning to express ourselves. The other reason I want you on this channel today is because I'm hoping to speak to you about your profession also. Um, yeah, uh, about what have you experienced, um, maybe some t helpful tips for us. Um, I know you do a whole bunch of stuff um, that I support as well, and um, I just wanted to get a little insight on that. So if you wouldn't mind, let's start with the profession, that portion, and then we'll go on to everything else, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah, Please. sure. Yeah, so I am a bilingual licensed mental health counselor. I have my own private practice that I work in part-time. I also work for a group clinical practice out of the Bronx. Um, so I have been in my own private practice for the past three years. I work with mainly adults and adolescents. However, I have worked with children and families as well. I provide individual, couples, and family therapy. I predominantly focus on anxiety and a history of trauma. Um, outside of that, I also provide monthly women empowerment workshops. I hold them every third Saturday of the month. Different topics, so I've done you know, improving self-esteem, I've done setting boundaries, um, correcting irrational thoughts. So every month I, I change it up and it's about three to eight women that come together. It's kind of like a, a therapy support group that I provide. Um, I've also done some mental health presentations as well. I'm actually trying to get a bit more into that, um, just something kind of more community-based. Um, so I've done presentations on just mental health and masculinity, femininity, and the way that media kind of influences um, mental health. And yeah, on top of that, again, part-time, I also work for a group clinical practice in the Bronx where I do pretty much the same thing, where it is kind of individual therapy. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, now, now you know yeah, I'm having the channel. Yeah, you're busy. Um, I'm very big into... I know this is going to get me in trouble, but I don't like using the word mental health because I think it's a little bit of everything, right? It's like, it's a correlation of mental health, community health, personal health, you know, family health. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like it's, it encompasses a lot. It's not just one thing. And I think that's where we pigeonhole ourselves sometimes where we're thinking it's in my mind. Oh my God. And then we don't realize that a lot of times if we just improve our surroundings, you know, do other things, and then maybe we can internally also start feeling better and uh, with more ease of change or progression, I feel like. So yeah. um, th this is why I have you on the channel, and I want to ask you, what have you encountered in regards to the topics that you mentioned, anxiety and, and, you know, just trauma and all that stuff, what have you learned or come across so far in your career 
that you can tell us it doesn't have to be in the specific in the sense of somebody's yep. story right. but it can be like where do you see that people get stuck mostly yeah. and then yeah. how do you how have you helped them or what advice have you given them to get them unstuck yeah sure i would say one of one of the biggest things that that i get often is that many people have not been in therapy um so I make it a point when people do reach out to me, whether it's to work with me directly or to just find a therapist for themselves, the, the process that it typically should be where it is. It, it should be, you know, very welcoming environment. It should be, um, you know, I think a lot of times people don't realize the rights that they have where they can figure out which therapist is going to be best for them. They're not stuck necessarily if they have one session and feel like it's not the right match. We're, we're humans, right? So it's like different personalities. Some personalities just don't click and that's okay. Um, but a lot of times I think people kind of feel stuck in that sense. So I feel like that's one of the, the biggest things of kind of explaining this is what we do in the first session. It typically is you know, an intake session, asking several questions, but we do that in order to figure out, okay, what skills, what processes we're going to use to kind of move forward and kind of working on the goals that you have. Um, when, when actually, so, when somebody actually comes in and starts having therapy, um, and it comes, let's talk about the anxiety. Um, yeah. where do you feel there's a common line when it comes to anxiety and the people you work with? Like, where, yeah. do you, where do you see that they have a common draw and, and, and something that maybe if you, we talk about it right now, somebody's going to say, hey, I have that too. And then maybe you can give us right, a little right, bit of right. insight on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that anxiety comes from a lot of different factors. There are um, biological studies about anxiety. I should say genetic factors with anxiety. Um, and then there's a lot of it that has to do with as you mentioned before, like our environment, right? And and really what we've witnessed as well, where, you know, if you had, you know, parents, older siblings, caregivers that also had anxiety, but they were managing it in ways that weren't healthy, typically we, we follow that and, and children are impressionable, right? So we're typically just kind of doing what we saw. Um, so I would say it comes from, again, like a lot of different factors. And, you know, I think a big thing is that people, and this also, comes with trauma as well. And I know you asked about that before too. Um, I think with both anxiety and trauma that there really is a big sense of, okay, this is my fault. Um, and this is something, you know, they don't always think about, okay, let me change my environment. Let me recognize that asking for help is actually stronger. And I try to um, redirect thoughts in that way or reframe thoughts in that way where a lot of people think okay asking for help is like a weakness when in reality a lot of people don't want to ask for help right and it takes I think extra strength to say hey I do need help and that's okay right um so with trauma this is kind of jumping to trauma now but I feel like in a lot of ways what I do end up explaining is that again it's not their fault but because when we think about trauma Typically, the, the clients that I work with have childhood trauma or trauma that happened in their childhood or adolescence. So it really is kind of this recognition, too, that our, our brains are still developing. Our, our brains are wiring in a particular way. So when we're experiencing something, our brain is going to adapt to that particular environment, right? So a lot of it as adults, when we reflect back to it, we can recognize, wait a second, 
you know, even that, though that felt normal, we still have our feelings about it. We still felt scared or we still felt anxious in that situation. So a lot of the work that I do is recreating a space where we can actually talk about it and, and challenge those thoughts, those irrational thoughts about this is my fault in terms of, you know, the abuse that I experienced or whatever the case may be, right? So really is kind of correcting that and doing it in a safe space so that they can understand that it isn't something that's their fault. In your experience, do you feel that trauma is mostly seen in the younger years, right? Like that's that's where we, that's that kind of molds us for the rest of our lives, right? So like we're, yeah. we're experiencing trauma before the age of like, let's say 18, you know, it, it does affect us, right? What are there's different categories of trauma when you speak to, to these patients? Or, or is it, how do you guys in your profession like qualify that? Um, I would definitely say there are different levels of it, but at the same time, you know, we, what we don't want to do at any point is kind of like compare in a way, I guess, and say like your trauma is worse or this trauma is, it's not as bad. So it really is just very unique to the client. Someone could experience, you know, years of something and someone could experience, um, something that happened just once, but, but typically we're focusing on just kind of the symptoms that are being presented. And again, it's like this understanding, this is not your fault. How do we understand this in a different way? And then we go into, of course, like a bunch of coping skills and things that we can do to really process it and understand it differently. So would you, would it be fair to say what you're saying is that uh, in the profession, let's say, is trauma categorized like in a general sense? It's, is it, or is it, is it classified sometimes into little subgroups? Um, I feel like that can depend. Um, for some, it's focusing on one specific whether it's like a relationship or whether one specific incident for others, it, it can be focusing on several things, right? I do find that those who might have experienced multiple traumas that um, it can be more helpful, I think, for them to focus on, on one thing at a time rather than kind of thinking about everything happening at the same time, right? But, but more so kind of this focus of like, let's focus on the coping skills, let's focus on you know, again, one thing at a time, just so it's not, you know, daunting or, or overwhelming in the therapy office. Mm. Um, what, um, my God, I just lost the question in my head. Um, <laughs> oh, let, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I went through a good amount of trauma as a child. Um, you know, what level that is, like everyone's different, right? But yeah. it was significant, uh, significant enough to be a huge factor in my life. Um, it took me a long time of years of depression, anxiety, medicine. I couldn't get it figured out. Um, mm -hmm. I was just like, you know what? I just can't. I, I think I was like 25 or 28, something like that, where I was like, I just don't know how I'm going to live the rest of my life like this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what ended up helping me, and, I, and I'm going to tell you what helped me so that way I can get your professional opinion on that, on that side, right? Because I like yeah. to play devil's advocate because not everything works for everyone. And, and like I yeah. said, Therapy is great for me, was great for me, and it's still great for me for some sense, but what really, like, knocked it out the park for me was um, professional hypnotherapy. Um, mm -hmm. That really took me to, literally in one to three sessions, took me from this one place that I was at for over two decades to a place I've never been before, which you actually mm -hmm. are seeing the product of that environment now, of that process now, right? Yeah. Um, since then, I've studied meditation, hypnotherapy, and I hope to become a hypnotherapist one day. 
Wow. Um, yeah, it's a big goal of mine. Oh, that's yeah, it's <laughs> like a hidden secret. But yeah, that's what I want to do. I refer a lot of people to my hypnotherapist, um, and they've had success. What are your thoughts on that when it comes to, let's say, your profession, and then someone like a hypnotherapist profession, and maybe you know can give us a little insight from your side? Yeah. Um, well, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't have much experience or, or knowledge about hypnotherapy. We did in graduate school, you, you have to go over just kind of different approaches, but I don't recall that that wasn't one that we, you know, th there wasn't a separate class for it. It just kind of was, okay, this is what this is. Let's move on. So I can't really speak too much about that. I do remember, um, learning about just kind of the, the, the effect of that, that it can be very powerful for some people, right? And a lot of it, I remember, was based on how people view it. So knowing that, and that's similar, I think, to any kind of therapy, where if you feel like you're going to get something out of that, typically you will, right? It's kind of like what you're putting into it is what you're going to get out of it. Um, for Again, specifically hypnotherapy, I, I don't know too much about, but I have done, I know you mentioned like meditations, I facilitate many meditations and for some clients it'll just be um, mainly a meditation for the session and they find that super helpful. So um, I definitely can resonate with it, I just haven't done that specifically. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's probably why yeah. I'm so interested in it because I feel like it's still a ba in baby stages of exposure uh -huh. to the world and how it helps people. Um, but I wanted to bring it up just to see if there was something to be said about it because I, a lot of the interviews that I talk about mental health and all that stuff, I I really go into this hypnotherapy thing because it just helped me like leaps and yeah. bounds. Yeah, it did. Um, when it comes to let's talk real quick before we move on to the creative your creative yeah. process, but. Um, when it comes to family trauma or family toxicity or any of that stuff, any words of advice or anything that you can speak on on that, please? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think what I encounter a lot of the times is that there is a lot of family toxicity and people, and I always say it's whether it's society, whether it's like cultural expectations, whether it's just familial views, that there's kind of this expectation of, okay, this is my mother, so, you know, I should be close, or this is my father, so I should be close. And we're often seeing things, you know, in the media, or just shows, books, of, of just kind of these close relationships with not many problems, or the problem just goes away by the end of the movie, right? Which is not realistic. So a lot of times what I recommend is to really think about what people are ingesting, you know, the same that we were talking about in terms of environment, in terms of, you know, what are you watching? What are you listening to? Who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with? And really just assessing your own energy with that and, and really recognizing, am I feeling better? Am I feeling motivated? Am I feeling influenced versus am I feeling drained? Am I feeling overwhelmed? Am I feeling really shitty about myself? You know, so it's kind of just thinking, I think about just kind of the energy that you're feeling and recognizing it is okay to set boundaries with people in your family if you need to and if it benefits just your mental health. That makes sense. It does. Yeah. Um, so after I took care of all my traumas and mental health and got it into a place where anytime it comes up, I can handle it, I felt a need of 
going back to being creative myself and also understanding what self-fulfillment was, which that was a slap in the face learning that at almost 30. Um, but you know, now it's been like a journey of, wow, it's so important. It's so great. Like expressing myself, doing things that I love and enjoy, you know, just really working on me internally, externally, all that good stuff. Um, you've also do a lot of work expressing yourself. Would you mind correlating these two subjects in regards to self, self self-fulfillment expression? And then do you mind going into your, um, forms of expression, please? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's so related. Um, I'm definitely working on that too, just my own integration, because I feel like, again, there's so many, there's different things that I do. And sometimes I, I try my best to kind of separate them for certain reasons. Sometimes I do just want something more personal for myself. And I want to kind of separate the professionalism. But then I realize that, you know, as I venture more into that creative side of me, it is like something that really helps with my integration. Um, But I I think, you know, mental health wise that expressing yourself creatively is is just a great coping skill. Um, I recommend this to most of my clients, whether it's journaling, whether it is movement, dancing, um, yoga, doing something to just express themselves just so that they can... um, you know, whether it is like trauma, whether it is anxiety, whether it is depression, that it's a great way to um, really process your your feelings and process your thoughts. And sometimes we don't have, you know, going back to like family toxicity, sometimes we don't necessarily have the environment to do so. So I think it's especially important to do that. Um, Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) I was trying to think about the next it's okay. Well, let's let's get into like you know your writing, your poetry. Let's get into your dancing, and then also let's talk a little bit about your books. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I started writing um, mainly journaling at about seven or eight years old, um, and I just found that it was it was easier for me to express myself that way. I've always had like a troubled time, I guess, articulating my thoughts and expressing them like at that moment. So I feel that it was a great way for me to kind of get, um, to get my words out, to get my thoughts and my feelings out in a safe way, right? Cause you think about it, a journal, it's not gonna judge you, you know, it validates you in any way that you need to, right? So I feel like that was something that was really helpful for me. Um, continue doing that. I continued journaling since then, since about seven or eight. And then regarding poetry, I would say that I started writing poetry in about high school. Um, That was my first relationship. And I guess just emotionally, I I needed a way to express myself, um, you know, with, with the emotions that were going on for me. And actually performing them, I didn't start performing until I got to graduate school. So... That was a, a big change. I remember the first performance. I was up there for a good minute. It felt like an hour, but I was so nervous. But then after I did it, you know, people were sharing, you know, you should join the slam team. You know, they, they really resonate with my words. So it really encouraged me to, to keep going with that. Right. It built your confidence, right? And it was yeah. like, you did it. You were scared the whole time to do it. And then it was like so worth it, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, tell me a little bit about your books. Please. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, yeah, so I'm going to show them off soon. Sure. Um, <laughs> so this is my self-published book, Stop, Love, and Listen. Um, it's a collection of poems and journal entries. Um, I do, for those watching, I do sell it on Amazon for $20. Um, like I said, poems and journal entries, they're divided into different chapters. And Stop, Love, and Listen was written predominantly in... Um, 2018, the beginning of 2018, I self-published it in December of 2018, but I was going through a lot of transitions, just job-wise, relationship-wise, and I felt like I was kind of um, rushing into things or not okay with not being okay of not knowing the next step per se, so I really had to grapple, I guess, with those losses, and a lot of the, the poems and journal entries reflect that so when i say you know stop i actually mean stop and take your time with things right and you don't need to rush um love i talk about self-love and learning to love yourself which is what i had to do at that time as well and listen also referring to self in terms of like listening to your intuition listening to people that that really do care about you um i was also i have two more I was also um, featured in an anthology. This is United Volume Red by Beautiful Minds Unite. Um, I highly recommend this also for anyone watching. Um, a lot of different poets and, and authors here, but it's it's probably one of my favorite books. Just the, the artistry is is beautiful and it's, it's not describable, so you should just get it. <laughs> Um, I was also featured in this. So this is Dear Sister Friends by created by Cheyenne Tyler Jacobs. Um, so this is, I would say this book is probably the most empowering book I've read for women. So, so just being a woman, it, it was so empowering, so enlightening. So I would, I would definitely recommend this too. So I have two poems in each of those. And then this is again, my, the poem that I self published. So this is all my work. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You've done a lot. You. <laughs> where, where do you, where do you see, um, where do you see your self-expression going? Let's say in two, three, four, five years, where do you see your career going in two, three, four, five years? And where do you see any art or any of that going in? Two, three, four, five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, those are great questions. I would say with my art, I definitely, I do want to write another book. Um, I feel like I learned a lot in the process of writing this first book. And I definitely, just like the, the book's message, I would definitely want to take my time with it and, you know, really, you know, get, I think, more people to edit and just kind of feel more comfortable with releasing it was my first book you know it's it's still my baby but i want it you know i want to take some time in, in creating the next one so that's definitely something i'd want to do i also perform um so continuing to do that i don't see it necessarily being something different um possibly doing um like duets maybe working with others collaborating um I really enjoy poetry with music. So maybe if I find someone that does music and then I do poetry, I haven't done that before, but I definitely would be interested in that. Um, professionally, I, I mentioned this before, but I definitely want to do things um, kind of more community-based. Um, while I love what I do and, you know, I want to keep doing that, I do find that there's, there's some kind of, 
power, I think, in just gathering people together. Um, I noticed that in my women empowerment workshops, and I stressed that in the beginning, I say, you know, I love doing individual therapy. And I think, you know, for some people it is necessary and they really benefit from it. But then there is another factor of just kind of, in this particular case, women coming together and being able to relate to one another, support one another, empower one another. Um, but I did find that when I was doing the presentations, I I was getting a lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback, and people were able to share. Um, it's both educational as well as interactional. So, you know, I, I allow people to interact and I find that that kind of makes it richer. Um, but at the same time, I obviously do my own research and, and I think there's power in being able to educate others. Very awesome. And I think the group setting is always important because the same way how someone, if you're in a group, will just run and you're like, all right, let's run with them. Um, yeah. It's kind of that same feeling when you're in a group because when you're on your own, especially with a therapist, you feel like you're the only one with that problem or, yeah. or something like that, right? Or you're, right. You're, it's unique to you and then you get into a group and you're like, holy shit, like we all got something <laughs> in common and right. you know, that's, that's like a big thing because I think as human beings, we are like pack animals right or just we want right. to we want to be able to all of us be all right um and i think that's also part of that healing um before i let you go if you wouldn't just uh if you would just tell us one more time um where we can find you where we can find your books you yeah. know your your empowerment groups um and even how to book a session and then after you give us that if you wouldn't mind just give us like a 30 40 60 second send off something motivational that you can give to the audience that way they can feel like, Hey, I can get up and go do things for myself. Please. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. So uh, again, I'm Michelle Antoine, bilingual licensed mental health counselor, um, dancer, Zumba instructor, poet and author. I know I didn't get too much into the dancing. Um, but I, I'll just share now that I, I do, I'm doing Zumba classes as well. So that's always a, that's another form of my own self-care as well. Um, I'm sorry. Can you share? Sure, sure. So just, just tell us where we can um, give us your handles on social media, okay. where we can find your book and then how we can book a, uh, a, uh, an appointment with you, please. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so again, my IG is Shelly Jelly 89, C-H-E-L-I-J-E-L-L-Y 89. My professional page is Michelle Therapy, M-I-C-H-E-L Therapy. Um, to book a session with me, you can go to my website, www.michelletherapy.com. Um, so I have my email there as well as my phone number. So I'm responsive to emails, responsive to phone calls, even responsive to texts. If, you know, that's your more comfortable form of, you know, communicating. Um, so you can do that there. And regarding my books, um, again, so stop, love and listen. You can find on Amazon. You can just type stop, love and listen just like that. Or you can type in Michelle M. Antoine. Um, you'll see on Amazon that it'll say, did you mean Michael? Uh, cause my name is very similarly spelled to that, but you can just say, no, you meant Michelle M. Antoine. <laughs> um, and then regarding these two, I believe that beautiful minds unite, I believe that they sell it via IG. So you can also, um, I believe that their IG is beautiful minds unite. So it's, you know, just like this and then dear sister friend. Um, you can find more information about this book 
at She Will Speak series. Um, so I would say, I guess, just as a, a send off, um, there's so many, there's so many things I could say, but whoever is watching that, you know, just kind of thinking about all of these things I've done and the goals that I've had. Um, one thing I would recommend is to write down your goals just so that it doesn't, it's not something that's, you know, in your mind, now it's becoming something concrete, something that you can actually see and then envision and start thinking about the steps. Um, I've had regarding my book, I remember during that time, I was kind of relying on one person to edit and, you know, do a lot of things. So I was putting 100% energy into that one person who unfortunately didn't help. But at the same time, I, I learned a lesson in the sense of if you have a particular goal, if you feel like you're not getting the answer that you need, go to someone else or do something different and recognize it's your goal. It's unique to you, right? It's, it's no one else's. So just keep pushing forward in that. But you can change up, you know, your scenery. You can change up who you're speaking to if you feel like whatever it is that you're looking to get out of this is not being met. Awesome. And I really yeah. appreciate you saying that because... I think a um, another lesson that that teaches people is to do it on your own. You know, it's yeah. your dream. You do it. You know what I mean? Like you Definitely. learn how to do it. You learn how to get to it because you got to put in. A lot of people don't realize you got to put in a lot of work to do everything that you've done or everything that I've done so far. And we're just getting started. <laughs> it's been so much work. <laughs> right. But yeah, and I appreciate that so much. I'm gonna put all that information below: the books, your social media, and how to find you. Okay. And I really appreciate you being on the channel. You've given us a great insight, and I really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for having me. No, thank you. <laughs> to my audience, please go support. Also, visit me at therootwave.com for more interviews. Really appreciate you supporting me and supporting Michelle. Thank you so much. Uh, I guess we'll speak again because we're always working on something together. So, yes. yes <laughs> thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. And to my audience, I'll catch you around. Bye. Bye.